And the question is, do you care about the sayings of God? And I know sometimes people watch uh, on our Facebook too, and I'll just say right now, do you care about the sayings of God? If you do, don't just watch for 10 seconds. Stay, stay here. <laughs> our average uh, thing on the Facebook is really short, average thing. It's like click on there and give a little thumbs up. Like, how do you know it's thumbs up? You didn't watch the whole thing. You watch the whole th- Don't do this unless you hear the whole thing. It might be this. You know. Anyways. Um, anyways, do we care about what God says? That's uh, kind of our question tonight. What's happening here in verses 6 to 10 is, again, in your Bible, it's at the end of the book of Revelation, and God's commenting on the importance of it through this, um, through this angel, through this messenger, commenting on the importance of the book. Just like you would see that on the back of a, of a book that you want to buy. Like, who, who, who says what about this? That's kind of like what you see here. All right, so let's read these verses and pray that God encourages us tonight. I'll have an open heart, and uh, if you don't like me, that's okay. Uh, you, you will find, you'll find a lot of things wrong with me. You'll not find anything wrong here, at least with the verses, and uh, I hope that it'll be a help. He said unto me, verse 6, these sayings are faithful and true. All those sayings. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of God. Pardon me. And of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Again, the word sayings is there four times. It's kind of a theme here. In our uh, of of what we're looking at tonight, in these verses, I read. I don't even know if they know this statistic. Google did a maybe twelve years ago. Some they said some Google nerds and geeks tried to do research to figure out how many books are in the world, not how many individual books, but how many different types of books. And they came up with a number. It was like hundred and thirty million, which I thought would be higher. Uh, that's how many different types of books they think are in the world. Uh, they got to know that because they're obviously publishing or, uh, you know, presenting some on their, on Google. 130 million books known to be in the world. They say, I read this too, they think there's about 1 million uh, books published a year just in the United States. Again, it's not like 1 million books, it's 1 million different types of books, you know. Who knows how many total published publications there are. Um, they say the average American, and again, this could depend on age, but the average American spends about 19 minutes a day reading. And I don't know if they discount just glancing at text. I don't, I don't know that they consider that. They might consider like something that's more substantial. But uh, average American spends 19 minutes a day reading. The point is, is men, uh, we are part of it, and we hear, we're hearing the sayings of men all the time. We're hearing people tell us their, their quote, their saying, their text, their tweet, uh, whatever. And we're reading it and we're glued to them. The sayings of men, they're all around us. 
Here's some famous sayings. Anybody, maybe you can guess some of these, okay? Ray, you can just raise your hand if you know who said this. A penny saved is a penny earned. Josh. Ben Franklin. I didn't know, who, I didn't know that he's this next one. Actions speak louder than words. Who said that originally? I think we all say that, but I didn't realize that there was credited to a president. <laughs> Jefferson. No, it was Abraham Lincoln, according to my resource here. All right, who said this? Got to raise your hand. That's one small step for man, <laughs> one giant leap for mankind. Calder. Neil Armstrong, the first man to step on the moon. All right, who said this? Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. <laughs> I didn't know this guy said this. I heard people tell me that as advice. Keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. Oh, Pacino. Okay, anyways. I never seen this, but I guess it's in The Godfather. One of the Godfathers. Anyways, okay, keep your friends going. All right, <laughs> okay, you could probably guess in these next two. Baseball is 90% mental. The other half is physical. Huh? Who said that? <laughs> I love those. Anybody see a problem with that quote? <laughs> That's the point. He purposely said stuff like that. All right, kids, I'll say that again. There's a guy who played baseball. He's in the Hall of Fame, and yet he got away saying things like this. Baseball is 90% mental. The other half is physical. Anyways, that's... <laughs> so he meant to be uh, he meant to be inaccurate. Okay, then he said, Yogi Berra said, you can observe a lot by watching. <laughs> and then an actor, uh, Bill Murray, this guy's an actor, I don't, have seen all of his movies and they're probably not all good. But he said something that's pretty pretty good advice. He said the best way to teach your kids about taxes is by giving them a bowl of ice cream and then eat 30% of it. See how they like it. That'll make them a conservative right quick. You see that? Which one do you want to be here? <laughs> you want a full <laughs> Anyways, that's what he said. And he might not even be a conservative. He's probably a liberal. But anyways, um, uh, then here's some. I don't know if you'll get some of these. These are random people. Another. Maybe you should eat some makeup so you can be pretty on the inside too. Okay, so. All right. One lady said, I want my children to have all the things I couldn't afford. And then I want to move in with them. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And then here's the last one. You got to think through this, okay? The last little saying of man, this guy named Jack Handley, Handy, Handy. Uh, he says, before you criticize someone, you should walk a mile in their shoes. That way, when you criticize them, you're a mile away from them and you have their shoes. <laughs> so I was like, that's pretty funny. Uh-huh. That's pretty good. All right, so look in your Bible, verse 6, verse 7, verse 9, verse 10. They have this one word, sayings. It's the word logos. It means these words, these writings, these notes, these statements. God has statements. God has uh, um, um, writings and words, individual and collective and phrases. And there are sayings, and we've gone through all these particular sayings in the book of Revelation. God has his, man has his. What we want to look at tonight is that the record of God's unique sayings pertaining to the book of Revelation. So here's what we want to do. Our plan is to look at four distinctions about God's Revelation sayings.
four distinctions about God's revelation sayings. In verse 6, we see that his sayings are right. In verse um, 7, his sayings are rewarding. In verse um, 8 and 9, his sayings are remarkable. And verse 10, his sayings are relevant. Of course, God's word is always relevant, but it's relevant in a unique way on this last point. Okay, ready? What about God's word, God's sayings versus man? God's sayings are right. That's what verse 6 teaches us. When God says something, it's right. Look at verse 6. In particular about the book of Revelation, here's this angel, this messenger, and he says to John, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel unto his servants, uh, his angel to show unto his servants things which must shortly be done. In other words, John's watching this whole vision of all this stuff that happened. The vision of Jesus, the messages to each of the churches, and this vision of the throne in heaven, and the horsemen, and the judgments, and the 200 million man army, and locusts, and all things going, whoa! And, the, and when they were done, the angel said, this is true. And God sent his angel to, to, to give the inside to his servants. To say, look, I want you to know what I'm up to. And this is true stuff. They're right. They're not. Look what it says. He said unto me, these sayings are faithful and fiction. No, they're faithful and true. We spend a lot of time being amused by fiction. But this is something that's true. I get sad that not more people are here on Sunday nights for the last year and a half. I'm like, this is true. The whole Bible's true. But there's a double blessing. There's a stated blessing at the beginning and the end of Revelation. It says, listen to this. Keep this. you got a blessing for this. And some people don't want it. But they're right sayings for those who care to know. The Lord God of the holy prophets. Look what it says. Send his angel. That is his messenger to show in his servants things which must shortly be done. It was shortly me done, that means God's going to, when God starts this, it's going to go boom, 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 boom. Because if you ever read, have we, have we been preaching through this? You're like, Pastor, I hear what you're saying. There's going to be the church age and some kind of rapture and then all this stuff. Like, how could this all of a sudden come to pass? How could this all of a sudden be, oh, there's, a, there's this organization called Babylon and there's this Antichrist and there's all, how could that all just happen? It can, God says it's going to, when it happens, it's going to be shortly done. It's going to just come, come, on, come on the earth. My thing is, is this. How fast did God take God to make everything? Man, he just went first day, the beginning was heaven and the earth, and he just throw some stars and stuff out there, and in six days he had everything made. Boom, that's shortly done. And when this stuff, when he's ready to start it, it's going to go boom, 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 and it's going. All this stuff. And it's true. It's really going to happen. What does it say about the sayings of God? They're faithful and true. Do you believe that the statements in your lap are faithful and true? Do you really? Are they dependable? Uh, Johnny just got a car. And uh, it's pretty cool. So he did a good job. Kind of saving some money. But anyway, some people like some people might see Johnny's car like, ah, uh, that's a pretty cool car, Johnny. Hey, I, I like I like that car. That's a good car. It looks like it's a good car. And Johnny says, Hey, how about I take you to after I get my license? How about I take you to to a Circle K? 
And, and, then, and then Dylan, who complimented the card, Dylan says, ah, I don't know. I don't know. Why not? Well, you don't think I can drive? No, Johnny, I know you can drive. It's just, eh, I don't know. Looking at the tires there. And Dylan just shows that he doesn't trust the car. But he acted like he trusted it. Hey, man, it's a good car. But if Dylan really trusted the car, he'd have to get his dad's permission. Uh, but he'd depend on it. He would show that I'm dependent on this car. Do you know Johnny can drive? I've seen him drive uh, the, their parents' car. I know he can drive. It's the car. No, now, now Dylan's showing his trust, yes, in Johnny, but yes, in the, in also in the car by actually getting in and relying on it. And Johnny takes him to Circle K and back and buys him a large something on him. And uh, anyways... My point is, is sometimes you just say, hey, that's pretty cool. Hey, that's really good. I believe in that. It's kind of like saying, hey, that chair, that chair, is, that looks like a good chair. I believe that's a strong chair. Everybody ought to sit in this chair. These are good chairs. But if I refuse to sit in it, then I don't believe it. I just believe it up here. And I'm saying, here's, here's what we're told. These things are true, faithful and true. Am I depending on the things that God's saying in this book? Am I depending on the things that God's saying daily in the rest of this book? Think about this. Thy word is true from the beginning, Psalm 119, verse 160. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Am I depending, have you been depending on any one word of God lately? Is it true and faithful to you? Let me give you some, okay, ready for some more quotes? Listen to these quotes. Listen to these. i got three that men have said. Here we go. In, in 18... 25, there was a newspaper that said this. What can be more absurd than the prospect of a train traveling faster? Pardon me. What can be more absurd than the prospect of a train traveling twice as fast as a stagecoach? They're basically saying there's no way a train's going to go faster than this, twice as fast as a stagecoach. That was in 1825. Ah, I think they've beat them, haven't they? All right, here's another quote. In 1909, there was a publication in the United States that said this about automobiles. Uh, I, I have such bad handwriting. The automobile... <laughs> okay, basically, I'm going to have to paraphrase. I know what it says. I just can't read my own handwriting. All right. The automobile industry has reached the limit of its development. It's obvious by the fact that there's been no significant improvements in the last year. Again, the automobile industry has practically reached their limit by the fact that there's been no significant developments in the last year. They said that in 1909. I mean, automobiles weren't around. They're like, we're done. There's nothing else that's going to get better. How about, how about, here's the last one. Here we go. This is more recent. In 2007, there's a man who said this in USA Today. In 2007, here's what he said about the phone, the iPhone. He said, there is a zero chance that the iPhone, or there is absolutely no chance that the iPhone is going to get any significant market share. <laughs> My point is, the statements of men are not always dependable, right? But thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. And it means that when you grab it, and you believe it, and you depend on it, and you act on it tomorrow morning, you'll, you'll know that even more so. All right, here's a distinction. God's words are the right sayings, and this angel had to affirm that with John. Secondly, what else about the sayings of God, and in particular about Revelation? They are rewarding. Look at verse 7. They are rewarding. Behold, I come quickly. 
Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. There's another statement about the sayings. You're blessed, you're rewarded, there's a reward for keeping them. Blessed is he that keeps the sayings. That you says, look, I, I read that and I'm keeping it in my mind. I'm keeping it in my value system. I'm keeping it in my view as I, as I evaluate world events. I keep God's word, God's revelation in mind when I see world events. I don't just keep my political preferences in mind or my own personal goals in mind. I keep what I remember what God said he's going to do. Blessed is he that keeps, keep them in mind, keep the commands in practice. He said there's a blessing. There's a reward for keeping the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And then he says it's in light of him coming back. He says, look. Behold, look, I'm coming back quick. You'll be blessed as he that's keeping these things, keeping them in mind, keeping them in practice. It's like Jesus is saying, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be coming back, so you better be keeping my word right now because you're not going to have time to be like, oh, Jesus just, oh, he said, he put a billboard on the moon and said, it's another year and we'll be here, so I better get doing what he said. Nope, it's not going to work that way. There's not going to be a billboard on the moon saying one more year, we'll come do a little countdown. Nope, he's going to come abruptly, quickly. You know what I do sometimes with my kids? I think I've always done it since we lived in this house. We do the Wednesday night, the Sunday morning, the Sunday night, Wednesday night thing. Where, all right, kids, everybody get ready. Some of the kids get ready downstairs. Some of them get ready upstairs. And Deb and I are getting ready in our room. And we're doing our thing. And we're just, you know, grabbing the iron and putting it up. And then, and then it's like, okay, it's counting down. I got to pastor time is always 30 minutes before uh, the service. That's pastor time. So, you know, we'll have to leave the house 515 on a Sunday night, uh, 5.15, 5.20, so like that. So I'm doing this and that. And I, it, I, I actually ride now with just the boys. Well, it used to be like all of us, and it's just a little harder to do that now. But I would go like this. I'd bust out of my room like, all right, out to the van, let's go. <laughs> out to the van, let's go. Now I'm like opening the door. All right, gentlemen, out to the van, let's go. And I descend the stairs <laughs> with a shout. And we get in the van and we go. And there's one kid fiddling around still. I'm like, sorry. You'll, we'll see you at church still. Mom loves you. She'll ping you, you know. <laughs> but that's kind of a little symbol. of that. That's what Jesus is going to do. It's like, I told you. I told you I'm coming. I told you I'm coming. He's going to bust open the door. He's like, all right, let's go. But in this case, we're going, flinging up with him. Abrupt. I come quickly. And you're not going to be like, oh, yeah, what did he say again? Let me get this straight. No. Look at the Bible now, and I know there's a lot of prophecy stuff that we've gone through, but it's still good to have this in mind and to have his other particular counsel for you and I in mind. The messages to the churches probably are a little more what we would call practical, but whatever it is, he said, you're blessed for looking at them and keeping them. It's beneficial. Do you believe that, that there's a blessing? It says it at the beginning and it says it at the end. There's not always a blessing for remembering movie lines, you know. There's funny movie lines and stuff like that. You know, one of my boys used to have, like, almost all the lines for the, the Pixar thing, Up. That's a cute little movie, Up, you know. One of them had, you know, and now almost, I feel like I almost got all the lines down for, for uh, Russell, you know. And he'd do his little knock on the door. Hi, my name is Russell, huh? You know, and, 
and I'm a wilderness explorer and tried 54 so anyways and so uh, and so like you'd have these lines around like okay and one of me one of my boys one time when he's younger even did the little horror deal with his other brother he went on the outside of the house knocked on the door said hi my name is Russell and then my other the other brothers like acted he was really easy fit the part acting like a grumpy Mr. Fredrickson no problem he should he should just be a fill-in and for him next movie anyways and he's like no go away you know and so they had these lines now like man that's pretty far it's kind of a cute little blessing that we get from them doing that. But there's a bigger blessing. The Bible says, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is a blessed man, for his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. That's a blessing. He will be established. He'll be stable. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and that brings forth his fruit and his season, his leaf also, so not whether he can have, finds way to, to stay vital. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's where a real blessing is of retaining those words. Remark, those rewarding sayings, number three remarkable sayings, in verse 8 and 9, here's a little event here that happens that we're like, whoa, John, watch out, John. Verses 8 and 9, look what John does. He, he shows that these sayings are incredibly astounding, staggering, remarkable. John said, when, verse 8, when I saw these things and heard them, because he saw visual, optic vision and heard audibly all of that we are studying, what happened when he saw and heard them? When I had heard and, see, and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. I mean, he's so staggered. This might be the second time this happens in the book. I can't remember. But he's so just blown away by this incredible vision. John might, never, John might not have ever even conceived that there was 200 million people in the world. Yet he heard about a 200 million man army that was coming. And here's about one third of the sea be turning blood. And I think the rest of it turns blood later. And these locusts that come out of the earth. And, and he's going, whoa! And, and, uh, of, and then of, the, of heaven, we just talked about heaven being gigantic, glistening, glittering, refracting light. Wow. And he just goes, bah, to the guy who's given the message. Now it says uh, he, he fell down to worship before him. And he, I think he's just, his, he just, you know, some of us, I look at him like, I'd never do that. But I'm like, man, maybe I would do that on accident because I'm just so blown away. And uh, the, the point, there's kind of a twofold point out of that. It's, they are remarkable sayings. God's words and God's revelation is awesome. We should use that word awesome correctly. Full of awe, you know. I, you'd hear me tease, like, it just seems like it's used a little flippantly. You know, you go somewhere and you go to a restaurant and they say, how you, how you doing today? Doing good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That's not awesome. I'm just doing good. You know, and I go through the Dutch Bros occasionally on my birthday. How you doing today? Doing pretty good. Awesome, awesome. They lean in my car. So what are you up to today? And I'm like, you don't want to know. No, I won't say that, but what are you up to today? Ah, oh, just uh, taking my kids out. He's actually, it's his birthday, but I'm getting the coffee. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Ah. <laughs> uh, I just take him, it's his birthday. Oh, good, how old are you? Oh, he's, he's eight. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm thinking, that's not awesome. Now, if he was 800, that would be awesome. You know what I mean? 
I'd be like, he's 800. Tell us it's awesome. You know, that's what I would say. But anyways, we say that. And I, there's probably, if I examine my language, there's probably words that I overuse or whatever. But you know what? The Bible uses the word awe and awesome. And John was like, wow. And he just, he, he was, these sayings that he heard and saw, just overwhelming. Versus, okay, in other words, the Bible is telling us this book, let's just keep it to Revelation. This revelation is not light. It's not like, oh, God has this little book here, Revelation. And it's kind of like a little kitty book even, you know. No, when John said, this is incredible. It's not like it's light. It's not like it's, uh, well, that's kind of inconsequential. We'd probably get by if we never knew that book is in the Bible. Um, it's not petty. It's not passing. It's not inconsequential. It's highly consequential. It's heavy. It's serious. It's the future. God says it, this is coming. It's remarkable sayings. So, also, and then kind of another comment before we go to the last point, is look what he does. Again, verse 9, <laughs> he fell down to worship. And, the, and the, it says that the, the, this angel says, See thou do it not. Now, notice his language. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. Now, by way of what he said of his identity, it's possible he could actually be a one of the human occupants in heaven because the word angel can mean just messenger. So it's possible this is an undisclosed prophet that's doing this thing. Or he could just be saying that he is literally one of the angelic beings, that, a part of the rank and file, but he's just integrated with, the pro, with these other brethren, the prophets. But either way, he is considered God's messenger, God's angel, and he corrects John. He doesn't say, well, this is nice. Yeah, that's right. That's, no, he says, whoa, wait, whoa, 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 not me. That's a wise thing to do, by the way. You know, we get sometimes if you're successful in something or you have somebody in awe of something, they can kind of go too far in their response. And you say, I'm not, you know, God, praise to God, not me, you know. And, and, and not that any of us have gotten close like that, but you see the wisdom and saying, hey, worship God. Worship God. I'm just, I'm just a servant. Worship God. Sometimes we can make an idol out of the messenger. There's favorite pastors and preachers and evangelists I've had as a, growing up, and even I think of as a kid being like, I love that guy. I like that message. And just being like, that's so good. And maybe after a service, just being like awestruck. And it could like take you, like, slow down. This guy's a, the best of men, or but men at best. You know, he's got clay feet. And, uh, and not make an idol out of the messenger. Don't let the messenger also be the focus of your response, of any message you hear. Let, let me just say it for me, for anybody. You know, you may not like me, and you may not like people that come through here, but don't let their personality, merely their personality, be the focus of whether you're going to respond to a clear word of God or not. You know, God spoke through a donkey, and it worked. And um, so, uh, anyway, so John was like, you know, he had to be corrected. Okay, yeah, no, wrong, wrong person, wrong person. But the point is, wow, these, I mean, think about this. This is John. This is John. John was the one who physically was probably closest to Jesus, heard his heartbeat most often. He was just like, it was almost like John was almost like the, the little, littlest brother, and he loved his big brother, Jesus, in that sense. I don't mean irreverent. But he really liked being close to, to him. 
And uh, he felt him and touched him, he says. And, and yet, after all that experience and three years with Jesus and all this and, and some of the epistles he wrote, he sees this and he's just, wow, remarkable. And then the, what else about the sayings of God? Uh, the sayings of God are right, they're rewarding, they're remarkable. And then last of all, look what it says. I, I like this little statement here, verse 10. So the messenger says back to John, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Seal not. Now, here's what sometimes would happen with prophets. They would get a message, they would receive it, and it would just be kind of kept. It sometimes be kept unread or sometimes kept unexplained. Like there's some things in Daniel that are, they call it sealed. That means it, it just there was not going to be any explanation on it yet. I think right now, they're, I would say they're considered unsealed because I think the rest of the revelation gives us a lot of light about Daniel. But there's a few spots in Daniel where it says when it was first given, it was sealed. That is, at least at that point, at least wasn't explained and nobody had a particular word about it. It's kind of like this. Have you ever, you know, have you ever heard of classified documents? You're like, I would love to go to the FBI and look through classified documents. I know there's aliens somewhere, you know, or whatever, you know. You, you might have some declassified. You want something declassified so you can read it. And, and um, well, that's what God's saying. He's saying, God saying here uh, through the angel, all this revelation came to John. And he says, here you go. You got it. And this is declassified. It's wide open for the public. Seal it not. It needs to be said, spoken, explained, expounded. And that's why your pastor's doing it in part, not because I think I'm, be I'm great at it. There's a lot better preachers than me. I could just tell you to go watch a few of them or go listen to a few of them. But the, I'm commanded to undeclass, keep this declassified and unsealed and open and in the ears and minds of people. Seal it not, he says. God wants his literal words of this book to be expounded and taught. Seal it not, he says. And so that's, that's God's sayings here. It's showing as we come to the end. It's like, again, we're, we've had this long journey. As you come to the end, you're like, what? God says, this is, this, is, this is the deal here. This is an important deal. And there's more that is said about it that we'll, we'll get into about not adding or taking away. And there's an invitation there at the end. There's some other things we're going to work through as we close. But oh, I just want to have two things. I want to say is this together tonight is, it's like, do you, do you care about God's sayings? Do you care about God's sayings? You don't have to care about mine. You might think Yogi Berra is kind of weird. And, and uh, when I was a kid, I'd hear him say those things. I'm like, that's dumb. But now that I'm older, I'm like, that's kind of funny, dumb. You know, you might not like uh, everything that uh, some of these other people said, and that's fine. But uh, the sayings of God are the ones that we should value and not overlook. In the book of Revelation and in the rest of it. One the last, and the last thing I want you to see is this. We'll just look at this verse and we'll close. Look in John 8, 51. Jesus said something to the people who were in his crowd in that day. A uh, very, very important thing here. Jesus said to people who were listening to him. And quite frankly, when he first said it, it offended a good number of his crowd. And um, Jesus said, John 8, 51, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man... Keep my saying, he shall never see death. You know what Jesus is saying? If you hang on to what I'm teaching you, 
You're never going to see death. That is, of course, you pass through the threshold, but you're not going to have that final death, that second death. You're going to sail on to eternal life. And when he said that, they're like, that's outrageous. And it was outrageous. But don't you, we ought to close on that thought. You know, if we, if we keep the saying of Jesus Christ, of, that he says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. I'm the one. I'm the one who's came and mediated between God and men and perfect God and sinful man. And I, and I am the a way, the truth, and life. No one's going to come to the Father but by me. If you keep that saying and you keep that saying that says, he that believes on the Son has everlasting life, you'll never see death. That's an important thing to consider tonight as it comes to the sayings of God. Is that, have I accepted Jesus' saying, that is, believe on me and have eternal life? Have I done that? And that's what a person, most important thing a person needs to do.